You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. CBS Sports Radio, I'm Bart Winkler, in for Bill Ryder. Writer Than You, emanating out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where we just got the smoke that they were getting on the East Coast. These wildfires, man, out of control. My kid was at daycare. He had to play inside. Couldn't, couldn't take the kids outside. Felt bad for the little man. It's summertime. They're supposed to have a water play day tomorrow. Let's see. Friday's water play day. Thursday's show and tell. He brings his new Spider-Man toys. But my son also brings toys every day. So I don't think he really knows the value of show and tell at, at this point. NBA free agency officially begins tomorrow. So you've already seen some trades go down. You've seen some options get declined. Uh, Toreen Prince found out from Woj that the Timberwolves were not going to pick up his option. Eric Gordon had a hefty option. The Clippers not going to pick that one up. So there's going to be some guys on the market, and there's some big names, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. But it seems to me like most of these guys are going to stay where they're at. Again, Harden's deadline is today to pick up his option. He's expected to decline it, but that doesn't mean he's not leaving Philly. The rumor is that he's interested in the Rockets if the Rockets are still interested in him. Jeff Zilgit, NBA reporter, USA Today Sports. He joins us here, Bart Winkler, in for Bill Ryder. Jeff, thanks for your time. Thanks for a couple minutes. Uh, what do we know about James Harden? It's, it's weird sometimes in these cases. It's like you have this guy where we all know how good he is. But he only like fits in one or two spots, and that kind of seems to be what's happening with James Harden right now. Yeah, and and the one thing I'm going to say on the Harden situation is I do tend to agree with what you were just saying that all signs point to him. Well, not all, but a lot of signs point to him returning to Philadelphia. It's where he has the best chance to win a championship if that remains important to him. Houston's still fairly early in the rebuild; they have a lot of money to spend. But, you know, as you're seeing and hearing and I'm, you know, also hearing is that, you know, Houston has a lot of interest in Fred Van Vliet um, and, you know, they're willing to spend some money on Fred um, because they they also are in of the notion that James is going to return to Philadelphia. But I think the big thing to watch for in this situation, whether it's Houston or Philadelphia for James Harden, is the amount of money. And, you know, just starting to, you know, hear some rumblings that, you know, they're they're maybe some, I don't know if discontent is quite the right word, but uh, James Harden's side and another team's side, they might not be seen eye-to-eye on money right now, and and that's something I think we're going to have to watch as free agency develops. Yeah, because if he doesn't stay with Philly, though, I don't know where he goes, and I feel like there's a similar situation with Kyrie and Dallas. It just seems, I, I feel like, what's interesting, so I don't know like what you know, but we talked to a couple guys uh, and they're like, yeah, there's stuff going on. There's stuff being discussed that we can't really say because it's illegal and it, and it could be shocking. But on the surface right now, it seems like we're going to get through an offseason where Kyrie is a Mav, Harden's a Sixer, um, Zion is still with the Pelicans. I guess the wild card is Damian Lillard, but I think everybody's so like worn out from that saga that they don't care anymore. Should we expect more changes or is this going to be more of a status quo kind of week? I think it's going to be more of a status quo kind of week. For One factor is that there's not a lot of teams with salary cap space. 
um, and it, it, to go ahead and sign, you know, Houston is one of them. San Antonio is one of them, but San Antonio is not going the James Harden direction. Orlando has some money. What, what I think you're going to see with those teams with cap space and the Detroit Pistons are another is maybe a one year deal with guys for a, a big amount that meets all the, you know, CBA requirements for a salary floor and, you know, maybe put some team over the cap, but not into the tax, that kind of thing. And, and then they'll reevaluate their roster after next season and, and see how they developed and what's worth doing. I, I do see Kyrie going back to Dallas. And my understanding is that Dallas is interested in bringing in more talent to put alongside, you know, and I'm more talent. I mean, potentially another big name to put alongside Luca and Kyrie. And, you, you know, that those are recipes for, you know, getting a championship caliber team for the most part. Um, and, and so that's what I'm expecting for some of these guys at the top of the list. Look, I could see Freddie staying in Toronto as well, but I don't think Toronto wants to pay the dollar amount um, that Houston is willing to pay for Fred. Um, I know that Houston would also be interested in spending some money on a Kyle Kuzma type. I know they had some brief interest in Chris Middleton, but, you know, I, I look at that Bucks team, Bart, and you know that uh, area pretty well, is the idea of, Milwaukee's still thinking they have a window with Giannis and what he's still able to do. It, it, it makes some sense to bring back Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton, even though they may get some interest from other people. The one thing I think, so to your point, that I think we should caution is, what does the trade market really look like? And, and that, that's the trades, I think, might end up being bigger than the actual free agent signings if we get to that point. And that's the thing that I and you know other observers of the league or insiders, whatever you want to call people, whether it's on my side or the agent side or the basketball operation side is what are teams going to do trade wise? Um, you know, is Minnesota going to do something? Is Phoenix done um, making trades? Uh, because they don't, Phoenix doesn't have a lot of room to make uh, free agent signings. So, you know, does it behoove them to enter the trade market? And so that's what I'm going to pay attention to just as much as the free agent signings. Jeff Zilgit here, USA Today. I agree with you on the box. It seems like they will bring back everybody. There will be interest from some guys, but it's just a matter of how long these contracts are going to be for. And I think, you know, they got a new coach, so maybe that that's something that can change things there. And Adrian Griffin, we'll see. The uh, Phoenix Suns, you mentioned them. That's an interesting team to me because I did think they were going to be the team to come out of the West. But I've also I was one of those guys that downplayed the Nuggets at every turn until – the Nuggets were right in our face, and I thought, oh, uh, yeah, I get it. Okay, I, I understand why Denver's so angry that nobody's talking about their team. They are that good. I think that Bradley Beal coming over there, it's exciting. They're going to score a lot of points. The regular season's going to be thrilling. I don't know that it gets them past Denver, though. Whether they do something with Aiton or not, you've got three guys that essentially, they're not the same player, but they do similar things. I don't know that Phoenix has had enough or done enough to get past Denver, it's not just the criticism of the move. It's that Denver is just, they're they are pretty good, we found out, Jeff. Well, what happened to the teams that lost to Denver, by and large, or who lost in the playoffs? Uh, and Teams run out of depth, Bart. That, that's what happens here. And, and Denver had it. Uh, and, you know, maybe the roster, or they didn't go deep in the playoffs. Well, no, the playoff rotation tightens up. But their depth, one through eight, one through seven, was pretty darn good in the playoffs. And, and that's what worries me about Phoenix. When, when you lose Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, you lost a lot of depth 
off that team. And, and you saw that come through, and now they make another trade to get uh, Brad Beal. And, and so, you know, they may be in the tra- – I think they're a team that is in the trade market. And to, to get players back, it would seem that DeAndre Ayton would be the guy that they move um, in, in that situation. That then also leaves them, you know, without a, a kind of big man uh, in, in the middle – um, and everything, but you also saw that they struggled against Jokic, even with Aiton. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm with you on Phoenix. It, it's going to be a fun regular season team when you get into a seven game series against a team like the Denver Nuggets. Um, you know, and, and again, the, the Denver, they're, they're going to have some interesting competition for Bruce Brown um, as well. He had a really nice playoffs. I, I don't know if he's a starter. Uh, but he's a guy who's going to add a lot of depth to your team, and I think there's going to be teams interested in him, so we'll see what Denver does there. But I'm with you on Phoenix. They're going to put up points. They're going to be fun. It's a tremendous offense, but what happens in a seven-game series? You know, I talk a lot about, uh, just with you here, that I think things are going to stay status quo. I don't – I feel like Draymond is at least considering a little more possibly leaving – there's already been some change there. They moved on from Bob Myers. It's not like the the era is over, so to speak. But I think they're throwing, um, they're gasping at straws here, grasping at straws, I should say. I always get that wrong with this Chris Paul thing. I don't know that that's going to work. I don't know that that's going to look how that's going to look. Their two timeline thing did not work out. I think the Warriors are much closer to this thing being done than them contending for a championship again. And if Draymond goes and takes the money elsewhere, it's not like he's going to lose his legendary status in, in Golden State. They have supported this guy through everything. Uh, they 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 are they are they are in deep with with Draymond Green. So I wonder what the Warriors look like with or without Draymond. I just don't know that. I don't want to say they're too old, but it just doesn't seem like they can find the magic or the pieces, especially with this new CBA. It just doesn't seem like this is their era's done. Is what I'm saying. I think. Well, uh, Bart, I, I don't know about it yet. I'm willing to give a season, but your point about the age, I, look, when you do have Steph, Clay, and, you know, Clay had a really nice season last year um, coming back from his injury. And so, you know, good for Clay. But those guys are getting older. You know, Chris Paul's age and Draymond is getting up there as well. And, and so I, I, I don't dismiss that factor. My understanding is that Draymond, you know, his approach to free agency is to keep an open mind and to listen to teams and see what they say. And if you're a team trying to elevate, there are worse players to have and there aren't many better to have than Draymond. He's going to bring a ton of defensive know-how and knowledge and experience and winning close games in a playoff series when, when the game is on the line. That matters to a team like Sacramento, Um, you know, that matters, and I'm not saying that Phoenix can go get him because I think there need to be a sign-and-trade deal. But, look, Matt Ishbia, owner of the Phoenix Suns, played basketball at Michigan State about a decade before Draymond did. Uh, they know each other. Um, Matt Ishbia would love to have Draymond Green on that Suns team. Uh, but at the end of the day, Bart, I, it, it seems that Draymond, to me, ends up back in Golden State, that they'll give it a shot uh, for at least a couple more seasons with this group to see what happens. And, you know, my understanding is is that Golden State's, you know, willing to, you know, pay a little bit of cash to keep Draymond there. I'm not saying it's going to be a 30 or $35 million a year deal, um, but, you know, he could be in the $25 million range. And, 
you know, Golden State uh, does have the money to do that. And if ownership feels that they can make another run at a championship and, and are convinced by Steve Kerr and Mike Dunleavy, who is now running basketball ops, junior, Mike Dunleavy, junior, that is, that, uh, you know, Draymond coming back is not going to surprise me. How far into the new CBA are you? 676 pages. It seems like everybody is uh, saying this is a bad deal for the players. I just wonder if, as fans, we see any changes. Obviously, there'll be this dumb tournament, but... Yeah, I I don't think it's a bad deal for the players, Um, ultimately. If you read, and I I didn't get the letter, but ESPN did report the, the letter to players, the way the NBA's revenue is going to grow, or their projected revenue is going to grow over the next handful of seasons, including when they get a new TV deal, is... Uh, players are going to profit by this. And I'll just say this, Bart, if you go back to the lockout year of the 2011 and where the salary cap was in a decade, that cap has doubled, which means put money going to players has doubled. And we're at the point now where Nikola Jokic and Damian Lillard are going to be uh, approaching $60 million a year players. Um, I do know there are parts of the CBA that is trying to limit what teams can do. But players, I believe, are still going to get paid. And the one thing that I think we're going to harken back to a little bit is the age of when Billy Hunter, and I know he had issues with his reign as MBPA union director, but I think his, the, the hallmark of the Billy Hunter era was the progress of the so-called middle class. And I, I think that we're going to return to that a little bit. I'm not saying that stars aren't going to continue to get paid. They will. Um, but I think there's going to be a little bit more money for that middle-class type player, um, and that's not a horrible thing for the you know for for the 300 and you know 80 players who are not considered stars or all stars or all all-star caliber players. Jeff Zilgit, always good to chat with you and to get your insight. Should be a busy couple of days, uh, so enjoy the holiday weekend. I don't know if I'm enjoying it, uh, but uh, I, I will do my best when I'm not attached to the computer. All right, thanks, Jeff. Right, take care, Bart. <laughs> the NBA, the NBA they, they time it out to do the the media no favors. Uh, I think it was July 4th that Kevin Durant either signed or was introduced with the Golden State Warriors back then. It's like it's a holiday weekend, it's summer, and the NBA uh, writers and media – don't see any sunlight during this week as everything is happening and transpiring and going very, very quickly when free agency does officially start tomorrow. More coming up. Buy or sell a new job for J.J. Watt we'll get to before we are done. In for Bill Ryder, I'm Bart Winkler, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. CBS Sports Radio, welcome. I am Bart Winkler, in for Bill Ryder this week. This portion of the show brought to you by Wesley Financial. If you're stuck in a timeshare and you want out, contact Wesley Financial Group now. Get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, Bart, let's start it off today by talking some hoops. The Bulls and big man Nikola Vucevic agreed to terms on a three-year, $60 million deal yesterday. Now, the 32-year-old Vucevic 
averaged 18 points and 11 rebounds last season as Chicago was bounced in the play-in tournament. By herself, the Chicago Bulls were the most disappointing team in the regular season in the Eastern Conference this year. Ah, uh, yes, good qualifier. Otherwise, I would say the box. Um, yeah, bye, Bulls. Bye. bye. Well, they've got a good roster. If you look at their roster, you think, oh, that's a pretty good team. And they barely got in the playing tournament. They did have a big lead against the Heat, remember? This whole Heat thing never happens if the Bulls just take care of business. And when you watch them play, it just, I don't know if it seemed uninspired or if it just wasn't them maximizing their talents, but the Bulls should be better than they are. Actually, there could be another team I could throw in there, the Nets, just because of how good they were that month of December. They were so good into January. Then they traded everybody. That a disappointment in and of itself. Uh, The Hawks for not being able to capitalize on their Eastern Conference Finals run a few years ago. Maybe even the Heat in the regular season. But no, the Bulls not making the playoffs, not being 500. I guess you run it back if you're them. I don't know really what you do. There's some Zach Levine trade rumors, of course, but I don't know. It it can't be anybody worse than them because they all just stink. Pacers and Wizards and Magic and Hornets and Pistons. There are some bad teams in the Eastern Conference. The Bulls do not need to be one of them, but they were. So, yes, I will buy that. And they don't even know what's going on with Lonzo Ball. Like He might, he might not play basketball again. Yeah, that's a big problem there, too. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like because of the shoes that his dad made. Big baller brand shoes gave him these knee issues. That is awful. That is like, you got to be mad at dad, right? Jeez. Yeah, bulls suck. Next. All right, Bart, let's stay in the NBA here. Timberwolves forward Torian Prince found out that the team was declining his $7.4 million option for next season when Woj tweeted it out yesterday. Prince quote tweeted Woj with quote, sheesh, thanks for the heads up, Woj, end quote. Bart, buy or sell its bad optics for the Timberwolves that Torian Prince found out about his contract from Woj and not the team. Okay, I am going to say that it is bad optics if that happens. Yes, bye. Bye. I might call shenanigans on Torian Prince. I'm not sure that that's actually how he found out. I think I think that's just a fun little social media post. And I just thought that was, I'm just only thinking this right now. I saw it yesterday. I thought, man, that sucks. I thought, how do teams keep screwing themselves over like this? It's a bad look for the team. You know, things leak all the time. We understand that. But if that happened to me, I would... And there's already this... It's already in the air that Woj knows things before players do. I might take a little clout and get my name in the circles for 24 hours. I'm calling shenanigans on Torian Prince. I am going to sell that this actually happened. Sell. Yeah. I mean, just last week, Bart, we did have Chris Paul tell Good Morning America that he found out that he was traded via his son texting him because he had seen the tweet. Well, that's probably true. I believe Chris Paul. I'm buying Chris Paul, finding out that way. Bye. Because he was probably, he says, oh, I was on a plane. He's probably taking a nap or something. Private plane. He's, he's not he's not looking at his phone. He's not answering calls. Yeah, Torian Prince, though, 
I don't I don't buy it. I don't believe it. Timberwolves are too well run of an organization. And that I don't even know either. Alright. I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I don't know. I bought and sold a lot here. I can't keep track of my finances. I mean, Alex Rodriguez is, uh, you know, a partial owner now, so they have to be a well-run organization, right? Oh, that's still a thing? He's still there? Uh, okay. For now, yes. At last I checked, he's still there. Oh, okay. Good. All right, Bar, let's get to some baseball here. Last night, Domingo Herman threw the 24th perfect game in Major League Baseball history and the fourth in New York Yankees history. Herman needed just 99 pitches to retire 27 Oakland A's batters in the 11-0 blowout win. Bart Byersell, a perfect game, is still exciting in 2023. I will buy that. Bye. It's been 12 years since the last one. Uh, there was a stretch where it was happening a little more frequently than you would think. But as soon as I found out about this, I threw on MLB Network. I watched the final inning last night, and it's a great moment. I still am excited to see it happen. It's still quite an impressive feat. I mean, nobody gets on base against you. No walks, no hits. 27 tries. That is an impressive feat. It's not like Domingo Herman has been, you know, uh, peak Max Scherzer here either this season. He's struggled a little bit. It's only happened 24 times, as you mentioned. I am excited by it. I will push back on people that are downplaying it because of who it was against. Yes, the A's are laughable. Yes, they are historically bad, but it's still 27 at-bats where nobody got it, and there's still major league players here, whether you think that of the A's or not. We talked yesterday about Alex Manoa, takes third in Cy Young voting, goes down to the lowest level of the minors, rookie ball, gets shelled by a bunch of 18- and 19-year-olds. Okay, so anything can happen on any given night. I think it is exciting, and it doesn't matter if this is against the 23 A's or the 27 Yankees. It's a, it's a big deal. Bye. All right, Bart, we go from impressive to not so much. For the second time in less than a week, Nationals manager Dave Martinez was ejected, and at least for Washington, they won this time, beating the Mariners 4-1. to Now, Martinez was ejected yesterday for arguing a play at the plate where his player was called out for running out of the baseline. And if you remember, Bart, earlier this month, Martinez used a printout photo at his post-game press conference to show why an Astros player should have been called out for running out of the baseline on a game-winning play in which Washington lost. Bart, buy or sell, you appreciate Dave Martinez's emotions despite Washington being a last-place team. Oh, I buy that. I do. Buy. I think it's great to see. It's always great as a fan to see when people in the organization care as much as you do. Because fans, even though the Nationals record is not great, they are trying to rebuild the you know, World Series a couple of years ago, sold everybody off, now trying to start over. Fans are still watching this team and watching day by day and getting invested in every game, and it's always good to know that your manager has your back. I do question sometimes, I brought this up on the Bart Winkler Show, a podcast you can find on the Odyssey app. Sometimes I think uh, managers get ejected to, like, punch out early. And Rod Gardenhire was just on a podcast, a former Twins manager, where he's like, yeah, there'd be games I'd get thrown out. You were worked up about something in the first in the game yesterday. You knew you were getting thrown out in the first inning. Just get it over with. I bring this up because for the Brewers, Craig Council was excused from a game to go watch his kid graduate. 
And it's just shocking that managers, you know, these. It's shocking that managers have to work every day. And a manager has to do so much media. You guys have no idea. They got to do the, the early morning MLB shows, their team broadcast, interview, the media conglomerate that attaches themselves to the manager three hours for the game. Then they got to do their job. Then they got to talk afterwards every day of the summer. I think the I think managers should be given a day off or two. And since they don't, they find themselves getting ejected early, maybe punch out early. But as far as Dave Martinez, I do appreciate the emotion. Absolutely. All right, Bart. Now, there's been plenty of focus recently on the struggling New York Mets because of their league-leading payroll. But out west, the Padres have lost seven of their last nine games and find themselves seven and a half games out of a playoff spot while having the third highest payroll themselves. Buy or sell, you think there's time for San Diego to turn their season around? Uh, I'm... Uh, buy? I'll buy it? Buy. I can't... There's. I don't know. The Padres are 37-43. and 43. The Mets lost again yesterday. 36-44. and 44. I feel like it's more over for the Mets than it is for the Padres. Even though in both divisions they're a good amount of games back and they'd be contending for the same wild card spot. I just think the Padres have a better lineup and have more of the ability to go on a bit of a run. Well, any of these teams that are a few games under 500, there's going you need you need a stretch to win 12 of 15 or 13 of 17, something like that. You need that kind of stretch like the Reds just went on when they won 10 11 in a row. You're going to need that to get back into it. I don't think the Mets are capable of that. I do think the Padres are capable of it. Maybe it's not likely that it happens, but I still think it's I still think they're capable of it. So I will I will buy that there's still a little bit of time for San Diego. All right, Bart, let's turn our attention to college football here. Ohio State quarterback Kyle McCord has signed an NIL deal with Mark Wahlberg Chevrolet of Columbus. Who knew that was even a thing? McCord will be driving a 2023 Mercedes-Benz GT53 throughout the college football season. However, Bart, McCord hasn't even won the Buckeyes' starting job yet. He'll be competing with Devin Brown. Buy or sell that any part of this story bothers you? There's parts where you could say yes, like he's not even the guaranteed starter, and what happens if he's the backup, and maybe you don't like Mark Wahlberg. I don't know. This does not bother me. I will sell that. Sell. You know, as I've shifted here in my old age, approaching, I'm in my last year of my 30s, guys. I just appreciate people getting their money when they can get their money. There's a a lot of money floating out there. There's a lot of goods. There's a lot of services. And sometimes it's hard to, to get. So if you can get yours, get yours. So... Kyle McCord, congratulations. Uh, I hope the success doesn't go to your head, and it will be a little embarrassing if you're driving this car and you're not getting snaps, but get your money. Yeah, I I think the NIL is great. I love it. Bye. All right, Bart, let's finish up with the sport we cover very thoroughly here on Rider Than You, the NHL. Last night in Nashville, the Chicago Blackhawks selected 17-year-old Connor Bedard, number one overall in the draft. Now, Bedard is considered to be a generational talent 
and the best prospect since Connor McDavid in 2015. And oh, by the way, McDavid just won the MVP. So I ask you, Bart, because I know you love the NHL so much. Buy I do, or, big Sabres fan. <laughs> buy or sell, there's too much hype being made about a 17-year-old. I'm going to sell this. Sell. With parameters. So the Blackhawks have had success, though. It's not like, I don't know. And the Spurs have had success. I get it when your team's been bad for a while and you draft a generational uh, talent or at least the potential of that to be very, very happy. Um, it's not like they've been downtrodden forever, so it's not like you know the, the savior's coming down. But they have a reason to be excited about their hockey team. I think that's absolutely a fair game. Even though he's young, I think they, they have a reason to be excited, and I think that's fair game. Where I'm having a tough time, as I just told you, I'm 39... I'm having a tough time getting excited for these kids that were born. This kid was born July 17th, 2005. I mean, this kid finished high school like two weeks ago. (laughs) It's a kid. This kid is a kid. He's a child. He is is somebody's young man. 2005, the summer of 2005, I was, I was working on a, boat on the Mississippi River before my senior year of college and there was some hospital that was wrapping up a little young Connor Bedard in the blanket that they give newborns at the same time that is hard for me getting getting old and watching sports it's that that is hard because when you grow up, these guys are all heroes, right? And then you're the same age, and you can kind of relate. And then, like, they're a little younger than you, and that's all right. You know, age is just a number. But then when they're like, like, he could be my kid. At 39, he could be my kid. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy his jersey? That's weird. So I'm still buying. It's still great to be excited about your favorite team, but with parameters. 17 years old. Jeez. All right, well, now that I'm shell-shocked, we'll talk about J.J. Watt's new gig. Can we call him a colleague at this point? Kind of. J.J. Watt. And uh, also, people are people are speaking up. I, I said that I'm one of the millions that suffer from plantar fasciitis, and I'm getting some good feedback on online, so I would like to give those people a shout-out. Right now, it's time for Greg Caserta. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. CBS Sports Radio. CBS. Get to that in a moment. I'm Bart Winkler in for Bill Ryder on Writer Than You. Be back tomorrow heading into the holiday weekend. Hey, the matches tonight. This golf match. The the match was a big deal five years ago. It was Tiger versus Phil in a heads up game, and that was pretty cool. And then the COVID pandemic happened and there were no sports. So then we finally had something to watch, and it was a big deal because there was nothing else. It was when Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning teamed up against Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. And you may remember that. Well, they've been doing something like that the last few years. Maybe you don't sit down and watch it. Maybe you see clips. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers were a team once against Mickelson and Tom Brady again. Mickelson and Charles Barkley teamed up against Steph Curry and Peyton Manning. 
Uh, Brady and Rodgers were against Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes at one point. Tonight, it is Clay Thompson and Steph Curry against Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. So if you're in the home tonight or looking around for something to watch, I think it's a late start. It's on the West Coast. So check it out. The match is back tonight. We'll have a full breakdown on Saturday's edition of the show. Um, J.J. Watt has an announcement. Quick bit of news for you on a uh, Thursday morning. Uh, I just got a job at CBS. J.J. Watt. <laughs> All right, let me do backstory here. There's nothing like great. I just I'm from Wisconsin, and J.J. Watt is from Wisconsin. Like he played at Wisconsin, and he went to school, and so we've had a lot of the same experiences growing up. We know a lot of the same things. You know, he's a Wisconsin guy, and as a Wisconsin guy, like you have to root for your Wisconsin guys, right? You have to, you have to do that. I have always, uh, at any opportunity that I, I'm not, I don't want to say, and he meant CBS. So that was his initial video. He said CBS. He actually meant CBS, as in this CBS, as in CBS Sports. He will be on the TV side doing the pregame show that already has a hundred people on it. He's going to be another one. I don't know what the deal is, but he's a part of he's a part of the family now, I guess. So we we have to welcome JJ Watt. I don't want to like sit here and rip on him now, in case I ever like have him on a show. That that's not going to be a good look. I I just think JJ. I just think he's corny. And I I let me let me try to think of some things that if it got back to JJ Watt. Uh, he went, JJ, I'll just address it to him. I think you're, I think you're, a li- I mean, I, first of all, congratulations. Let me do the nice stuff first. That's, that's how you insult someone or criticize someone. You got to say the nice stuff first. I think that you have done a tremendous job and I think you're a good, I think you're a really good person. You are a, you know, the, what you did for the flood and the charity. And I, I do feel like you're always looking out for people and I'm happy that you're able to start a family. And it seems like you have a lot of love in your life. And your relationship with your brothers, you know, I've got brothers and uh, I just think that you are a good person and the world is a better place because J.J. Watt exists. So I, I do believe that for sure. And and you have a big impact on the world and I appreciate what you do. I think that you try too hard to be funny is the other thing. Uh, I think that uh, the CVS joke and that one kind of hit home. Because, you know, I, I do tell people, Bart, what do you do? I go, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Uh, I fill in on CBS a little bit. CBS? No, CBS Sports Radio. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. People always think CBS. So I think that one hit a little close to home for me. Uh, you're doing your announcement. You're making jokes. You're on a worldwide p- platform. You're, wake- you're wearing your Burnley shirt. That was not by accident. That's this, that's a football club you like and I believe bought into. So that was not by accident. Uh, I just think sometimes you present yourself as an average guy, but I think there's a lot of, I, I just think JJ Watt is, I got to be on your side, JJ. I, I should back up and I should just, uh, support you because I do think that you are going to be the next mega star. I don't, I don't need to see you like trying water skiing for the first time. I don't need to see you falling into a bunker. I just feel like we got caught in a world where, Everybody has friended you on Facebook, even if like you're, you're, you know what you are? You are the U2 album that came with the iPhone. 
You're the U2. Like, we like U2. We like we want the new iPhone, but we don't need it pre-downloaded on our phone. If we want it, we'll seek it out. If we want to know how you did golfing or how you did water skiing, we can try to find that. We'll do that uh, on our own. That's what we'll do. Um, I just feel like J.J. Watt is going to be somewhere where you're going to turn and he's going to be everywhere. You, I think what The Rock is now owns the XFL in movies, uh, wrestling. I think J.J. Watt's going to be 50 times The Rock. I think he's going to be a box office star. I think he's going to be a TV star. I think someday he'll be the president. I think he will be the first man that we send up to walk Mars. It just seems like J.J. Watt is everywhere. Every time you've ever watched a show in the last 15 years and they've shown tweets, whether it's SportsCenter or the Grammys or whatever, J.J. Watt is always, he is just like, he is always there. Are these harsh criticisms? I just, I, I feel like it's just too much. I've got too much J.J. Watt, Tom, in my life is what I feel like. You feel about J.J. Watt how I feel about Ryan Seacrest. There's a lot of similarities here. Yeah. Yeah, yes, there is. He's everywhere. See, and I said yesterday, Seacrest does a lot of things, but I don't I don't tend to see those things. I see J.J. Watt everywhere he goes. I see it all the time. And because he's, you know, one of us in Wisconsin, I, I might even see it more. I might even see it a little bit more than the average bear. So I am, I am just, I mean... I don't know. He like retires and two weeks in retirement. He's like, hey, this is this is weird. What should I do? And I'm thinking, man, there's people that busted their hump for 40 years just to retire, you know, and and you're just you're running out here as a mid 30 year old joking about retirement. Now, that might be a little too extreme for me. I understand. And I I might be at the point where I'm looking for ways to be mad at him. But it's of course, of course. He's on CBS. When I go to vote for him in 2052, I'll be like, of course I'm voting for J.J. Watt for president. God dang it. I know that I will be. Um, I want to thank some of the people who have tweeted me at WinksThinks. People are trying to help out. Earlier I mentioned that I am one of the millions that suffer from plantar fasciitis. Uh, Robert tells me to try this product called Arnicare Gel that I should be able to put on my foot. It's under 10 bucks. Doctor recommends it. This guy who claims to be a PhD, Mike Butcher, PhD, says that I need to see a rolfer. What is that? A massager? I need to go get a massage. A rolfer? Oh, it's like a whole body integral. I'm not doing that. It's like... An energy field can help my brain, and if I think the pain will go away, it will. I'll just, I'll just take some of leave and walk it out. <laughs> I don't know about this advice you're getting on Twitter, man. I don't know. I mean, I, I do, I do appreciate it, but I'll just, uh, I'll just, I'll just walk it out. When we were talking about Kelsey earlier, Michael tweeted in and said, "I wonder if I've always wondered if owners end up throwing a, a player that's underpaid if they give him like the company card for certain things." You can't tell me that Tom Brady was making $15 million a year and that was it. That's exactly where years. my head went. Exactly. I thought the same exact thing. And then, you know, how do you know? Like, if there's no way to, how do you know? You can give, you can give money. You can, you can evade the system all the time if you really try to. Give it to this guy. Give it to that guy. Give it to that guy. 
Speaking of NFL, they are cracking down on the gambling, or at least they're going to try to. And we could talk more about this uh, tomorrow, perhaps. But they are coming out with their actual policy because it looks like with the Colts, Isaiah Rogers is going to get a year-long suspension for violating their policy. The key rules of the policy, don't bet on the NFL. So the NFL is in bed with sports betting, right? That's the phrase we say. And now NFL players are like, okay, cool. But the NFL does not want you to bet on the NFL. You can't gamble at your team facility or if you're at the team hotel. You can't have someone bet for you. So if you're Aaron Rodgers, you can't call your brother and say, hey, place this bet. Well, you wouldn't call your brother. Bad example. They don't talk. But you can't call someone and have them bet for you. You can't call Miles Teller. Uh, You can't share team inside information. You are not allowed to enter a sports book during the NFL playing season, even though the sports books advertise during your games. And you can't play daily fantasy football. So it sounds like you can still play, because you can play yearly fantasy football. How often have we heard NFL guys be like, yeah, this guy's on my fantasy team. How is that different? I get it daily is just one thing, and you can kind of fudge it a little better, I guess, but... That you shouldn't be allowed to play yearly. They don't know what to do is the problem. They've taken all this money and now they got to try to regulate it. And they keep telling how great the product is. So the players want a piece of it and you can't even bet on things that you're not involved in. And they're going to just throw year long suspensions right away. You could do a lot things. You could do a lot worse things to people and get lower suspensions. But the NFL is trying to keep this problem from getting bigger before it does. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Good time with you. All hail J.J. Watt, leader of men. I'm Bart Winkler. Thanks to Tom. We're back tomorrow. Bill Ryder, writer than you, CBS Sports Radio.